Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. This time we have another special guest with us, Allison Lucan. And so the twins have been asking me to write a bio for the website. This is like a new feature we have on the website now. And I have not gotten through my bio. But would you be able to give us like a little synopsis of who you are? <laughs> what an intro. Wow. Wow, Sean. That was, that was a gift right there. <laughs> um, okay, a bio of who I are. Um, so uh, at present, I am the, I'm a writer with the Seattle Kraken, the newest NHL franchise. And then I am also an on-air analyst for the Kraken game broadcasts uh, through Root Sports Northwest. So that's my current bio. Do you want more, Sean? What were you looking for exactly there? No, no, no. I mean, that's that's good enough, I think. Okay. Um, okay. I know Luke Luke definitely has some some questions. He's the most curious <laughs> fellow here. Excuse you. Well, I, I, so I, I want to clarify Sean's intro here. All right. Because <laughs> we need to talk about this. We can't. Thank, but first of all, thank you, Allison, so yes. much for coming on the podcast. We were supposed to have bios on our author pages for the whole time the site's been up, and it hasn't been up. And I just recently made some updates over the All-Star break, which is what Sean is referring to. So if you want to go read some information about the Evolving Hockey staff account, there's a little couple sentences for the author uh, there. But Sean has not entered his bio yet. I looked at this the other day because it's still not there. Anyway, that's what Sean's uh, referencing. We don't need to keep talking about that. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah, just to explain. So yeah, you just had to some explain. type of context. But um, well, oh, well, Luke, if you want to continue, no, I was just going to say welcome, Allison. It feels like Thank you. You, sh- you know, it, we're, it's a pleasure to have you. It's good that we could finally make this work, um, and and uh, really happy to have you. So I guess I don't know. First question. Um, Kind of, I just just going right in here. Um, so, so if you, you know, we've known you for a very long time. You previously wrote for various different sites covering the Blue Jackets. So, kind of, how did you get your start in hockey statistics? Like, I, I from what I've heard, you did not come from any stats background or any type of progr- programming or anything like that. Um, you really just, how did you get into hockey stats? I guess would be the first question for me. Yes. And I will say I have, it is an honor to be on the show. It's very, very humbling. I'm so happy to be with some of my very favorite people. Um, but it, it is true. So I have a degree in leadership studies and I was, I did always have a technical side. I'm very, very old. And when I started working, um, I was doing, uh, it client server based application implementations. So there was a lot of that, um, but what I came to realize at the time was that technology fails because people don't know how to make the most of it. It's not that the technology is built poorly, it's that we don't take the time to understand usability and communication and interface and all of that thing. So from there, that is where I started to get into really trying to translate things so that the people who needed it, whatever it was, whether it was technology or process or what have you, was accessible to the users. So I was a consultant for a long, long time, which means I had to always make a case for anything I recommended or anything I suggested or anything I wanted people to pay me to do. So I was always into proof cases, right? Like, I think you should do this and this is why, because it will result in this, 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 and this. So that was always kind of my mindset and my approach to identifying problems and problem solving. And then when I was the total cliche and decided to start blogging about hockey and finally got an opportunity to get paid to write about hockey, 
I realized that things didn't make sense the way people were presenting stats. We would say like, well, they had 20 goals this year, but the next year they had five goals. And I'd say, okay, but they didn't play the same number of games or they didn't play the same amount of time. Uh, you know, and it was situations like this where I was saying, we're not looking at apples to apples. And I was also really frustrated that shots on goal were only shots on goal as the end, as hockey defines them. And so those two things kind of colluded um, into some of the first stories I wrote being about analytics and involving like rate stats and things like that. And it just happened to be around the time of, of the whole analytics boom in hockey. And I was fortunate enough to join the community that includes you lovely people who have helped me learn and had patience with me. And I, I'm, I'm a baby nerd. I'm trying, um, but uh, I love it all so much. And because I think that there's always a why. And the most exciting thing is finding out the why and the what's next and what haven't we figured out yet. So that's, does that answer your question? Yes. Oh, oh okay. yeah. perfect. That was so, wonderful. Okay. And I was, so a, a lot of people know you as, you know, for, formerly covering the Blue Jackets. I mean, were the Blue Jackets your original, like, kind of favorite team? I mean, was that where it came from, from fandom? Or was that something else? Or did you have another team when you were younger that kind of then you switched to the Blue Jacks, Blue Jackets? Yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and back then there was no hockey there at all. There was ice skating, but no hockey. Um, and I moved around a lot with my previous life, my previous um, business, and I was in D.C., so I followed the Caps a little bit there. But when um, I moved back to Columbus, the Blue Jackets were there, and so yet just started following them because they were there, and they became my team of focus until I was lucky enough to join the, the Kraken family. Yeah, we have to uh, point out that we are uh, we're expansion siblings as Wild uh, as Wild and Blue yes. Jackets entered the league at the same time. So there's that unique connection between Wild and Blue Jackets fans that that runs deep. I think I, I guess <laughs> not celebrated enough though. Honestly, like most no. yeah. people never really talk about it. And it is true they were they were twins. Twins. Yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's exactly. a theme. It is funny. I think when you look at the current, you know, we obviously we'll get to the Seattle expansion team that you are now covering, but um, I think Vegas and Seattle are quite different teams than the original wild and blue jackets teams which oh, is yeah. based on the, uh, <laughs> the drafts I, I know that the uh, if you go look at the draft information for both those teams they were not really given uh, a lot to work with back in what was it 2000 2000 yeah 2000 um, yep yeah <laughs> all right so i kind of want to get back because you mentioned leadership studies so yes is that was that a bachelor's degree i'm assuming yes okay. yes bachelor of arts yes okay and so like what exactly is that like what i've never really heard about this major like what kind of is that just kind of more of like a managerial type like training or kind of what goes into that i guess yeah, so I don't know how popular it is now. Part of why I got this degree at the University of Richmond is that at the time, it was the only one of its kind in the nation that was not affiliated with a military institution. Those were the only higher education outlets that were teaching, teaching quote unquote, leadership. So what we studied, and it was really cool because it's not, people would go, oh, what, now you know how to be a leader? No, that's not what it was. <laughs> like, it, it was actually the philosophical study of leadership. So we looked at leadership in different contexts. We would look at it in social movements. We would look at it in um, servant leadership. We would look at it in government. We would look at it in military. We would look at it in formal organizations, which we would think of as like businesses. And then we would study all of the elements that go into leadership and therefore what really now more commonly the language is teams, right? So the culture of communication, the culture of building a team, what makes a successful team, what kinds of leadership are there? So it was, it was really, I would love to go back and take it again because, you know, when you're 
18. I mean, you're taking it seriously, but you're also kind of not. But I have most of my texts still from school and I reference them all the time because I think this is a like businesses can be great at producing what they're supposed to produce. They can produce widgets or they can sell books or they can make cars. The reason businesses fail is not because they can't execute. It's because they don't have good leadership and good team management and good communication. And that's all the kind of fun stuff we got to study. I think we uh, we need to bring you on the Evolving Hockey podcast team to make sure that the podcast doesn't fail, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I have some notes for you. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, it took forever to get started up, so. <laughs> it, did. it did take a year, yeah. Now I that think, the train is running. Well, I remember, I think, Allison, I remember we asked a, t- a question, should we start a podcast? This was like a year and a half ago or two years. And I remember you were like one of the first people to respond saying like, <laughs> yes, like, why haven't you done this already kind of thing. So yes. we very much appreciate the constant support from you. And it's very, we very much appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yes, that's. Uh... What? Oh, nothing. Well, I was just We're going to edit this out. We okay. have some dead air. It's fine. <laughs> dead air. Get it's out. whatever. I thought there might be a natural transition there. No, and there it wasn't. didn't happen. Uh, sorry. So, I was, yeah. I was, being, I was checking our uh, Twitter and Reddit notifications. Sean, you were supposed to catch me there. Yeah. I know. I thought you were honestly trying to talk, though, there. So, <laughs> okay. I don't know. See, this is what we need. This is what we need. We need leadership. You know, know. we need that leadership. Usually he talks talks too much (laughs) and we can't get him to shut up. And then all of a sudden he just stops (laughs) on a dime. So I guess we'll, 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 I get back on the topic of Seattle maybe because that's Luke's favorite team. Um, (laughs) Should be everybody's. Yeah. Should be everybody's. (laughs) You're sort of growing. You guys are all growing that from like the ground up quite literally yes. and so you're a big face of that right you're both with the kraken and with regional broadcasts what are like the challenges and then also like opportunities of being able to build that yeah brand I mean, new audience so i think the the opportunity right is and what i am so excited about is that we're i this sounds very arrogant, but we're teaching fans how to think about hockey the right way. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to say that there are not people here who don't know, there are people here who don't know hockey. That's the case in any market. Um, But this market has had hockey for a long time. They just haven't had NHL hockey. And so I love like, literally it made my life. um, Someone was saying something nice about the broadcast And a Kraken fan responded back and said, we're learning so much. We talk about shot quality and pass types. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it exactly. Like, that's the opportunity is that we have a fan base that's really interested. Like, even last night, people were tweeting, Seattle pulled their goaltender. People were tweeting and saying, "Um, does that ever work? Right? And the Kraken had been awesome enough to give me this whole series. blows my mind. It's actually called analytics with Allison, which is insane, but it's, it's all these different topics. And I could literally just link to these articles and say, yep, here's an article on that. And people are like, this is so cool. So the opportunity to teach people how to think about the game, to teach them about great resources, like evolving hockey, like hockey viz, like natural stat trick, like that's what is so makes me so enthusiastic about what we do every day. It's, it's fantastic. Um, the challenges is that, you know, when your team struggles, that maybe you don't get to create as much enthusiasm. And, you know, obviously we don't want to be unfairly negative. And I think sometimes, as we all know here, it's when things aren't going maybe the best 
that's when the most interesting questions come up. And that's when the most interesting lessons can come up, but that takes time. And so like, even now, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the crack and goaltending and that's a valid conversation, but everyone seems to think that Grubauer sucks is an answer. Well, to me, that's not an answer. And those have been some of the most interesting questions to ask and start to dig into is to say, um, okay, he's not performing like everyone thought, but that doesn't make sense what's going on. And we've been able to explore a lot of things. Some of that's public, some of that's not, um, but to, and it's cool. Like, that's how we learn stuff. Like, why is this player not doing this? Why is this system not working? Or why is this position not performing the way we thought it would? Um, so that's maybe the challenge and it takes a little longer and my R skills aren't as good yet as they should be, but, um, and public data is not where it should be, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's overall just amazingly awesome and fun. And I, I was, I guess on that topic, we can maybe get into this a little bit more later as well, but like in, in Seattle right now in the market, um, is uh, like not to, I mean, I feel like even us, we've talked about the goaltending from the Kraken quite a bit this year. Um, is that like the number one t- topic among like the Kraken in the market? Or is there other things that are kind of that, that seem to take over as well? Or is the focus on Grubauer and, and Drieger specifically? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what's, what's really awesome about this fan base is that at a fan level, at their most pure, they're just excited to have hockey and they're so supportive and they will stay and cheer for this team, even when they're in a really hard situation in a game. Um, And even when Grubauer makes one save at minute 55, you know, when maybe (laughs) the game hasn't gone his way, they're all grew, you know, they're all behind him. Um, But, you know, I think that there have been, and here's the thing too, we all know this, like people who are close to a team, you're going to explore a lot of topics in the year. It's never just one thing. And I think that you know, areas that this team has had to explore are goaltending, of course, um, the low goal scoring, which again, if we pay attention, we knew was going to be a thing. And if you actually look at the evolving hockey expected goals model, they're actually performing pretty much in line with what they should be getting. So this is just what this team is right now. Um, the power play has had some different results and the penalty kill is pretty good, but it's, it's a little bit more of a classical defensively minded penalty kill. Um, those are some of the themes, but it's, it is funny. The, the national critique is very different than the in the in market critique, which is fine. I think that's valid. It's just very interesting. Yeah. I, I just think it's been kind of, uh, it, it's been one of those things. Cause you know, Luke and I did, um, you know, and a lot of people did a lot of like expansion draft work in the off season. So for us, it's been really interesting because we, um, I, maybe if you remember, we did like a, you know, Seattle, the evolving hockey drafts and expansion team. And we did that twice. And so I did quite a lot of work. Just like, I, I feel like I learned all of these names that took up na- like from around the league, just to figure out like who would maybe be on Seattle. And I think the kind of comparing this season um, now having done a lot of work, like a lot of people did in the off season, it's been really interesting. I think that we sometimes are even um, guilty of maybe not kind of digging too much into it, but it is kind of interesting. Cause like you said, um, I think it was, I think we maybe even kind of said this early on before the season that I think the Kraken were going to be a pretty good defensive team that we're going to maybe have some trouble scoring. Um, but I think the thing that, you know, the goaltending has kind of just been so out of nowhere that that's what we focus on. But I think you do such a good job looking at the other pieces, which I think is what's really um, interesting and great to read your work. Um, Cause you're on for anyone who doesn't know who wants to find you, right? You're on like kind of NHL.com writing for Kraken. Is that correct? Well, it's it's so it's the Seattle Kraken website. Okay. Um, but they're all NHL sites. But what's really cool, if I may, for people who don't know, the Kraken have built. They're the first team to do this. They have built their own custom app, and it's everything from your in arena experience, your tickets, um, getting on the metro, getting on the monorail to get to the arena. 
to also content. So all of our stuff is there. And um, so it's in the app and on the website. Oh, very cool. That's very, very cool. Anyone who doesn't know that you should go check that out. Uh, it, it It's definitely been uh, kind of, I don't know, I guess just to wrap up this this point, it's just been fascinating, I think, watching your coverage, but also the new coverage of the Kraken this year and a new expansion team that is um, very different in good and bad ways compared to Vegas, I think. Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of has its own <laughs> it's different <true>. approach. <laughs> I like, yeah, I think a true. lot of people think, oh, Seattle is, you know, but it's also like I think long term there's a lot of pieces there that I, I think that this team is not – um, I, I think there's quite a bit of luck involved this year and like the first year or two as well is, is something that uh, definitely I'm, I'm very curious to see where the team goes um, specifically because they have a really good organization, I think, from their data side that is, I think is very, yeah. very uh, good you know, in place. So, Well, and it's interesting to me because I've learned and I was guilty of this. And it's funny because we all know this, but some of the fans who are newer to hockey, like they would get really stressed out about an empty net goal against, right? Because they're like, but the score, like if they still lost. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. two standing points or not. It, the, you know, that whole discussion was a, a trip. Um, but when I was on the East Coast, like it is true, the West Coast teams, if you're on the East Coast, you don't get as much insight into the West Coast teams. And so I think for people who aren't watching as many of the games or really digging into what is going on with a team, it is true that if you just look at score lines, it's probably misrepresenting what really is going on with a lot of these teams for better and for worse on the West. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is funny. You know, as you know, Allison, Luke and I are a bit of night uh, night owls. We uh, I've heard we this. Like, yeah. No 8 a.m. No 8 a.m. calls. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we were going to touch on this. We, we like to give Allison a hard time because and I would love to. I, we can maybe chat about this in a, in a minute. But um, for the Columbus uh, hack or the Hockey's Analytics Conference back in 2020, 2020, it was a month before the entire world shut down. So it's like one of the yes. last things I remember doing before, you know, this, this current pandemic was flying into Columbus and being a part of that uh, conference. But um, we, we, all, we like to give Allison a hard time because I, she, I don't know if it was entirely you, although I, I like it to It was think. not my fault. It was Josh <laughs> Flynn's fault. It was Josh okay. Flynn's fault. Yeah. But we, Luke and I had, uh, we had um, applied for and gotten accepted to present at the conference, and we were scheduled to present at 8 in the morning Eastern, like <laughs> Central time. It was actually 9 Eastern time, but because we were coming from Minnesota from the Central time zone, and it was uh, – um, uh, it went well. I, I think the the thing that was that was perfect was that I think if it had been two or three hours later, like after I like I got to have coffee right when I got there and watch the first presentation, and then we had our forty five minute chunk or whatever after coffee, and it was like I was like right in that prime time where I was really really tired, but I just had coffee, so I was really ready to go, and then the rest of the conference was just like I, it, yeah. So uh, uh, but um, perfect. But sorry, yeah. I, I'm getting off point here, but I I agree with you is that we have as night kind of night owl people we. T- I think some people might think that we occasionally are maybe just like on the West Coast because we're up at the time at like Vancouver fans, Seattle fans, Oilers fans, like all the people on the West Coast. And I do agree that some of the West Coast teams just I think in general have always been undercovered, specifically when it just comes to like what actually is going on with those teams. Um, I think this year it's a little bit different because teams like, you know, L.A. and San Jose and, you know, the California teams are kind of just like whatever. I mean, the Ducks, I think, well, are I still, think yeah, Anaheim's know. kind of generating more yeah. interest with their younger players. But also I think a lot of people have been interested with the Kraken um, and to kind of see a new franchise there's all this you know appeal for seeing a new franchise and I think a lot of people just love the logo and a lot of the stuff the colors and everything about the team so it's been kind of um, kind of interesting to see the um, just compare not comparing to Vegas but it's a different style of kind of yeah like I think with a modern expansion team it's like you've heard this narrative a lot it's like oh well they're not going to be the Golden Knights again because 
teams are going to learn. And it kind of, I don't know, it, it's hard to say if they did. Um, <laughs> I don't know, based on the protected rosters, like it was kind of like, I don't know if they did, but then kind of they maybe did. But it's it's kind of, I don't, I think that's kind of like an, un, uh, there's no real answer to that question. Like if, if people learned from this, the Vegas draft, probably. Well, no, they they did. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm, just try, I'm trying. <laughs> you're again. going where you're going with is the downfall of the Kraken was picking uh, Jared McCann. <laughs> you know, Jared McCann is Blasphemy. our guy. Blasphemy, my Jared guy McCann. too. Listen, Jared we McCann stand is our Jared guy. McCann. Yes, yeah, Jared is, McCann. Yes, and so oh. as if people don't know this. We have been the biggest Jared McCann fans since day one. Uh, day I one. Mean, Allison's a pretty big Jared yeah, McCann okay, fan, yeah, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, well, but, that kind of really goes back to like the Canucks Army guys. Yeah, that's true. If we're it really going to go back here. Yeah. Is that how? I don't even know. Honestly, they I even went more. ahead and traded for him when they were in Florida. But. So, Allison, do you think that is McCann <laughs> kind of the fan favorite right now? Like, is he the, or is are there, like, what, I guess, and this leads to my other next question, is like, kind of what's the, what do you think, what is a, a what differentiates a Kraken fan from like another market? Like what currently, Ooh, like what becomes like the question? What's starting to become kind of the identity of like the Kraken as a team, not just the team itself, but the fandom of it. That's a great question. Um, so I don't think Jared McCann is a fan favorite. Um, you know, it's Brandon Tanev. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Brandon Tanev is it's because of what you see, right? Like he's got the hair, he has the great picture. Yep. He got some of the first goals. He has that really active skating style where he just looks like he's working really hard. Right. So he's a big fan favorite. I think Philip Grubauer is a big fan favorite. I'm trying to think who else. They, I mean, they Yanni? like a lot of the guy. Yeah. The thing is with Yanni, the thing is with Yanni is he wasn't there to start the season. Right. Yeah, so, right. and, and I want to be very careful because the Seattle fan is an intelligent fan, but it all has to do with what makes each player, what they are and when they kind of popped. Right. And I think that's again, part of why Tanev is such a pop because he was here for the expansion draft. He did all the things that again, appeal just no matter what you know about hockey, he attracted the eye, he attracted the attention. Um, so did Mark Giordano because he's the captain, right? And then Philip Grubauer because he's the big time goaltender. Um, but but the fan base is is intelligent. But again, I think if you talk about fan favorite, that's that's what they're looking at more. This is the wrong word, but they're looking at more superficial things, as most fan bases do, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't even know that Artem. Let's talk about Artemi Panarin, who's one of the top skaters I think I've ever watched in my life, and I still don't think he's appreciated in any market, really. That he's by the by the entire fan base, but I digress. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but what what is the Seattle fan base all about? It's a great question. I think that they're um, very savvy to professional sport, which I like. Um, they're very smart. Um, they are what the Kraken have done that I love, and not being from Seattle, it's helped me learn about Seattle. Is that they've really embedded themselves into the community. So the Kraken fan base is diverse, um, is interested in doing the right thing and not just coming to a hockey game. I mean, the, the cups you get at the arena are recyclable stainless steel. Um, there's, there's so much recycling every there's, you know, zero, um, carbon is close to zero carbon impact from the rink. The rainwater is collected on the roof and that becomes the ice surface. 
Um, oh, I don't think I knew that. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Sorry, continue. Um, no, no. I mean, they're, you know, it's Black History Month and they didn't just have a, you know, one night hockey is for everyone. They're doing something every game. They're being very, in, when they do something to represent an underrepresented community, they go and talk to people from that community and say, what's meaningful to you? Um, and it is really cool when I'm sitting at our desk to look out across the fan base and I see people of all ages. I see people of all color. I see people um, in terms of, you know, sometimes people who identify, you can tell that there are people of different sexual orientations and they all feel very comfortable and still very passionate about supporting their team. And uh, that's what, that's what I really like. That's great. I mean, that's kind of what I've gotten from the team overall. I, I think that, which is, I, I just think it's, it's been very interesting watching the differences. I mean, just cause I don't know, we were not in the last expansion with the wild and the blue jackets i was a kid and then watching how vegas did it versus how the kraken do it i, I just think it's been very interesting watching the different um like the kraken really ad- develop their own identity within the league and kind of this own like it's not like they're just another west coast team it's not like they're just some you know and even like well and we kind of joke about how they've just been you know even with dom on you know how about they've been ruining models the kind of the whole year because you know that's it's all the same dom's thing. fault I, yeah. dom needs to start <laughs> betting on them and it would stop betting on them and it'd be fine i know it it, it seems like maybe the dom curse betting on the kraken is uh you know causing them to lose um but yeah it's just been something that's been really interesting and i'm, I'm very excited to watch the team uh and watch your coverage i think going forward uh with them well, thank um you. Yeah, uh, I guess I and Sean had another question written down. I don't know, Sean, if, if you if I can steal one of your questions that I thought was uh, okay. Go ahead. You, I was gonna just no, 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 go ahead. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I just thought it was interesting in in in, in terms of uh, like your approach to and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but in general because you're working with um, things, I think a lot of fans might find maybe a bit of a learning curve for some of these kind of more complicated analytical processes or whatever and i was kind of curious what your um approach is to say something like xg or something like you know which you we helped you out but you did this great series on with expected goals covering a lot of the different public models like what is your approach to trying to help maybe people who are unfamiliar with these ideas like get into them and understand them yeah i mean i think and it's it's funny some people who know my work from the athletics sometimes have been like well, where's this and this and this and this? And because those were very, very, very long <laughs> pieces and often, you know, went, went down three or four rabbit holes. But what we're trying to do, and we have pieces like that for the Kraken now as well. But what, what I try to do right now is take one concept at a time and turn it into a piece and make sure that, you know, like I talked about before, we're really trying to lay a foundation for fans. So you guys know this. I always say shot quality. God bless XG, but I don't like saying it. I don't think it's accessible. I don't think it's (laughs) approachable for average Joe fan who's never seen hockey before. But if you say shot quality, that makes sense. So when we talk about shot quality, you know, again, if I think about a fan who, even an experienced fan around a team who doesn't know what shot quality is, it's easy for many people to say, well, that must include this, 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 and this, right? And again, if you talk about the Seattle fan, they're used to professional sports where there's tons of advanced data about football. There's tons of advanced data about baseball. So they they can start to think, oh, so you're definitely including that pass and you're definitely including the position of the puck and you're definitely including, you know, whether that, that skater was pressured or not. And so we're really trying to lay a very, a very specific foundation defining what something is so people use it properly. And to do that, we have to take things one bite at a time. So it's either taking one very specific part of a concept at a time and explaining that, 
or you know something I've always loved to do, take one concept or one measure or one feature of a site and use a player or a play to bring that to life and say, when we talk about this kind of pass, did you see this pass that led to this goal? That kind of pass, that's dangerous. And now you've learned something. So it's, it's very much more finite, smaller, digestible chunks, um, taking each, again, each building block. And, and like I said, with the pulling the goaltender example, that has actually served me better because I can keep referencing these in as answers to people who come along later with questions versus saying, well, if you read this 3000 word piece about Sergei Bobrovsky somewhere in there, I talk about that, you know, so um, that's how we're approaching it right now. Yeah, that's very cool. I feel like I should take that approach because I, whenever I write anything, it's like 6,000 words and no one exactly. ever reads it. So I think that's I should. That's not uh, true. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I feel like I need to, I need to take that advice to heart because that would be make things easier to, to break it into smaller pieces rather than starting at this, I need to write an encyclopedia type approach. It's uh, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense because a lot, like you said, a lot of this stuff is there's a very steep learning curve. And if you're a new fan, coming into the league, just becoming an NHL fan, and you aren't familiar with kind of watching hockey and how the game um, kind of develops and how and watching it, just knowing the rules, like, you know, you're trying to learn the rules at first. I mean, I remember like we were, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, this we've mentioned this many times, but we only became hockey fans in like 2012. So it's only really been about 10 years. So I vividly remember watching the game and not knowing what icing well i knew what icing was because that always sounded funny to me like oh that's a really cool <laughs> word what is icing and i remember talking to my dad when i was like a kid but like you know understanding right. offside you know un understanding these different concepts and so i think coming into it like if you're trying to introduce these kind of complex analytical ideas about how to understand the game i think it probably goes both ways because um in one hand people have no preconceived notions. So you can kind of give them a different type of way to view the game at the start of it. Whereas they're not, maybe people won't have such a hard time kind of converting from the ways that they have known for years and years kind of thing. That's definitely a, a, a good, here I am again. <laughs> like what's the Michael Scott, but like, I just keep talking until something. Is gonna, on. Yeah. I just, okay. Anyway, anyway, but I, I guess kind of going back on that, the topic of shot quality, I suppose. Cause I, I was kind of curious. I believe that we asked, cause you and Shana, uh, did that kind of a similar uh, shot quality type article at the same time? Intentionally, believe, intentionally, yes. which is great. And for anyone who hasn't ha who hasn't uh, checked them out, both of them, go check it out. We should maybe I'll put a link in the um, description of this podcast. So I, I think I can figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was kind of curious. I believe I we asked uh, Shana this, but you interviewed or um, several of the different public XG or shot quality model um, people, one of us being included. I was kind of curious. What did you find was uh, maybe surprising about differences or similarities between how all, th all of us approach this kind of model building uh, activity. Oh gosh, let me go pull up the, exa the example. <laughs> well, you know what I really liked about, and of course I don't have the link to that one right here, of course. Let me see how I can do this really quickly <laughs> on the fly. How good are my Google skills Luke Stahl, today? Luke Stahl. I got it, oh, I, I got it, that. I got I it, I got it, I got it. Okay. That was quick, you know, that was really fast. Yeah. What, here's what I, what I found really cool and it was kind of soft sold in the article. Um, one of the things I've really loved about being part of the Kraken is how great it is to work with the rest of the broadcast team here. And for people who don't know, that's JT Brown, John Forsland, um, Everett Thompson, um, Dave Tomlinson, Mike Benton. And we all sit around at morning skate and 
none of them really was necessarily analytically inclined. But the joke is now they'll be talking about something and they'll say, Allison, do you have your computer? And that's where we go from there. Or, you know, there was actually a funny um, situation in the Islanders game right before the All-Star break where John Forslund and JT were talking about number of icings in a period. And John Forslund is like, I know we have people out there who who can look this up and will get back to us. And then at the intermission, JT starts texting me. I go, I was waiting for it, JT. Here we go. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, that's a long way to say that a lot of the story ideas, my favorite ones actually right now, are when one of the broadcast team comes to me and says, I've always wondered about this. Is it true? And I think it's a great way to look at the value of the eye test, the hockey mind, if you will, the more quote unquote traditional hockey mind, and then how analytics can inform that because all of them are awesome. And we have such a great conversation about blending the two. So anyway, to answer the question, what I thought was really cool was my initial list of what I asked each XG creator was included in their model came from me asking JT Brown, former NHL player, what do you think matters when it comes to a shot being its most dangerous? And what I really liked was that anything that each model could include based on the limitations of public data, they did. The the XG models weren't including things that didn't match to JT's list. um, And they were really trying to address the things he thought were important. And it wasn't necessarily in the article that I presented, but every modeler um, also could provide comments and they, they were effusive about the elements they couldn't include wanting to do so if they had the data. <clears throat> and so to me, that really spoke to, again, I'm so over this whole eye test versus numbers thing because <laughs> the people who are really trying to, to do the work, like we're all thinking about the same issues and we're bringing different perspectives to them. And that's what I thought was really cool was that what JT said from a player perspective, this is what I think makes a shot dangerous match right up with against what modelers are saying. This is what we think we should include in our model. And I thought that was really cool. That is, I didn't, I didn't uh, know that. I guess when I read the article, I, I wasn't sure the questions that you sent over were from like a, you know, from JT <laughs> Brown. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously the broadcast staff at with the Kraken are incredible. I've really liked watching their broadcast when I've had the chance. So yeah, I, especially JT Brown has been a favorite of mine. Um, even since he was playing on the wild, like, you know, I mean, he's from, I think he's Minnesotan. So yep. like, I was yep. say, sure. you guys love him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Minnesota. Uh, well, and I think his dad was a, a Vikings player, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so Mike, my, my dad, for instance, who got us into hockey, was a big fan of his his dad. So he was like, I, I, I would have to go check this now. But I'm, you keep um, stalling. I'll go. Yeah, he was a Golden Gopher, right? I, I believe. I'm JT. pretty sure he played for the Vikings. Oh, Allison, oh no, JT. he went to UMD. He went to UMD. Yeah, they Minnesota UMD. Bulldog. Oh, we don't like them. Don't yeah. Like, what? What are you talking about, Sean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they beat UMass. They beat oh, UMass okay. and Kales last year. Uh, so. The the alumnus of Team USA goaltender Maddie Rooney. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, who is also from Minnesota? But yes, uh, Ted Brown. Ted Brown played for the Vikings for like eight years back in the eighties. So a lot of people here know his father. Um, So and then he played here. Yeah, and then he played here, which was cool um, to see. So yeah, it's great to see JT on the on the broadcast. I think he's done an incredible job. Just the whole broadcast. Yeah, the whole broadcast. Allison, you've been great. Obviously, you, Allison. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, and you know, I I just you know look forward. It's funny though. I will say. That I have a habit of, and I will admit this, I just, because we watch a lot of games, I just mute the intermissions. So, like, <laughs> oh, sure, I had to, like, make, I was like, the first time I saw you on the TV, I was like, 
That's Allison. I was like, <laughs> she's right there. I go, oh, cool. Because I, I just inherently, like, just once the period stops, I just, like, yeah, like yeah. hit mute. That's just, like, because I'm, like, working no. and stuff. And it's like, listen, so it's, it's probably yeah. the better choice. Let's be honest. Like, it's- <laughs> no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's, yeah, um, not always. I think we maybe have time for uh, for maybe one or one or two more questions, a little bit oh, more sure. time with Allison. Um, so I'm not sure how much you uh, can even really talk about this, but I was kind of curious if you have any, um, if you had any contact or interaction with, like, the data team with the Kraken. Because I know that among stats people on hockey, um, the the team there consists of uh, Alex Mandricki, previously with the Wild, uh, Namita, who was with Hockeygraphs for a long, long time, and then Danny, uh, who also was in basketball. I I, I guess basketball. maybe should have had this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was kind of curious. Do you have you had any contact? Do you get any like inside info from the data people with the Kraken that is you, you want to drop an that you want to yeah you want to you know you know do some scoops or something <laughs> here on the evolving hockey podcast? Be a first. <laughs> well, well, I certainly could never share such information. Um, but what I what I what I can say is I even before I was working with the Kraken, I share the enthusiasm for those three individuals in particular. And they've rounded out the team with some great data engineers and developers. Um, And I think that, you know, Cami Granato, who's now with the Canucks has spoken um, publicly. So I think I can share this, you know, just again, the focus they are placing on accessibility, building apps for their scouts um, to have access to information and making sure that their information and their work is accessible and understandable is, is really compelling and awesome. Um, you know, and I think that it, I, I think I can say this because when I speak with them, I speak with them about publicly available data um, and the data that, that we use from sport logic on my side, on the writing side. And it's, it's really cool to have them as resources to, talk about thought processes and what should we be thinking of? What should we be thinking of differently? Um, and the, the little that I see or can, can share about is that, you know, there was a certain individual who put out a tweet around new year's seemingly condemning the Kraken because they were an analytics organization. And again, I am over this narrative. Um, and I think that um, the Kraken just like any team should is trying to avail themselves of as many different kinds of information as they can. And no one pillar is driving the ship, nor should it, in my opinion. Um, and I think that they they really have a, a great team to balance and always be available to make information accessible, answer questions that might come up, um, or further a dialogue in a really meaningful way and not just have a stereotypical, here's data, here's spreadsheets, do this thing kind of thing. That's all I can say. It sounds like it has like a lot of connections to your past life and IT and whatever as well, right? Yeah. Like yeah. people being yeah. able to use so. Exactly. Exactly. So there's now no, watch I'll get fired because I said yeah. something wrong. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, we're gonna put out Allison drops incredible inside information. <laughs> Can't be shared publicly. Yeah. Only found evolving hockey yeah. podcast. That's what we'll put out. Uh, I'll make sure that they Perfect. no, I'm just I'm just That'll go over Allison. great. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're probably about about done here um with any sean you've talked so much i I know well the the twins will get on and they'll they'll just sorry take over we can't Uh, it's it's fine it's because they're they're enthusiastic yeah that's that's, it's the reason it's it drives me i yeah it luke's just not a a little bit luke's just not an anxious anxious talker yeah that yes that's actually (laughs) that's actually what it is yes well sean did you have any more questions if you would for allison (laughs) well 
I guess not really. I mean, I could, I, I'll see her this weekend. So, cause I'm flying out to Seattle, although I don't know if we're going to put this out on Monday. So maybe it'll be Allison. I'll see you at the game tonight, but um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably try to have this out tomorrow. Well, I think I'll see you before that. I know that. I know that. Okay. The skills okay. competition. That's really cool that Seattle's doing their own skills competition. I know. Competition. This is good. So we're we're going to see. We're doing stuff on T. Uh, well, it's not live, but we are doing stuff from the desk from it. So is I don't it, know. We'll see. Is it too late for us to um to put in any requests for specific skills or any, any fun games? <laughs> it, it is, in fact, too late okay. to put so in any requests. You know, yes. we, have, we are famously coming up with great ideas yeah. for changing like the sport of the hockey. The tri- triangular... Uh, uh, no, the hexa- hexagonal... Hexagonal rank, uh, rank with three uh, Jump teams. puck. Jump puck. Uh, <laughs> Pucks falling randomly from the ceiling. Yeah. For, uh, <laughs> what are some other, uh, ramps on the ice? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is maybe. You know, I'm just. Uh, yeah. I, just I pass that we're, along we're if you see yeah. anyone who, who makes those decisions. Well, you know, what we should do is we should if we ever 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 get back to where we can have in person hacks again, we should uh, make an on ice. Um, demo or, or exhibition game with some of these rules i think are requirements so i think so i'm not I, even kidding you think you no. think i'm kidding I, this will happen i i would are love we, to are we having a 2023 c hack i is that what you're promising right confirm, now i can neither Ooh. confirm nor deny Ooh. some more inside information from yeah. allison i will say it sounds though, like it is it can, can, right because because like allison you were the one pretty much in charge of organizing cbj hack right in 2020 yes yes so and it was a fantastic conference for anyone it really was anyone who was looking for someone i don't know allison if you have any time for this but you did a fantastic job organizing that 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 uh (laughs) conference thank you so i think and shout um, out to josh flynn of course assistant gm there who was amazing too so yeah and i also will say if anyone one of my favorite panels um at, at well panel moderators was allison at sloan in was it 2015 was Gosh, you moderated was a, a panel with um I'm trying to remember who was on it, but I just remember being just like, why doesn't Allison do more of these? Because you were <laughs> so good as a moderator for that panel. And I I wanna say that it was um uh John Chica. It Chayka. was Chris Snow. Chris yes. Snow, John Chaka, um, Dan Bielsma, um oh shoot from Sport Logic, Chris Boucher. Yeah. Um Yep. That might have been it. Those four. Yeah, I think. But it was. It, it yeah. was just a. It was a great. Um, you just asked some incredible questions. So I would love anyone who is in charge of this. You need to get <laughs> Allison to moderate your panels going forward because she was incredible yes, at it. So. I agree. And then oh, if, well, thank you. The yes. next conference that that Allison is involved in, we will have the the nerd hockey game that always happens, where everyone <laughs> yes. just comp- is surprisingly good at hockey, like more than you would ever expect. And we can Scott have, Cullen. Yes, oh. Scott Cullen. Oh, and he's Matt, good. And Matt Scott, Kane. Matt Kane Matt and Scott Kane Cullen. Is good too. Yeah. Well, Matt Cain couldn't really shoot. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know who else is good is Nick Mercadante is really good, actually. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's friends with Nick Benino, guys. I know. I know. know. One of your favorite players. Yes. Yes, One of our favorite players. But um, so the last, the last uh, Rochester hack. Well, not the last one, but the one that uh, the last one I skated at. Nick was at. And after at the end of the game, we did a we did a mock um, shootout challenge, and it was the year after the All Star game in Columbus, whatever year that was. And Ryan Johansson had pulled out one of the Blue Jackets trainer's sons. I don't know if you guys even remember this, and skated with him yeah. out to shoot a goal. So I mimicked it with Nick Mercadante because I'm really <laughs> tall and Nick isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really, I think really the 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 um the summary of this is that we all miss our conferences, and I can't yes. wait until we can. That is true. Do, I can't yes. wait until we can be in another one, and uh, you know, 
see you again in person, Allison. Um, it's been yes. great for you stopping by. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing you again sometime and hopefully in the next year or two. Absolutely. And, you know, yes. come out to Seattle and we do have, I am um, part of the planning committee for the Ottawa hockey analytics conference. Oh yeah. Um, oh. And that'll be online this year still, unfortunately or unfortunately, whatever, however you want to call it. But yeah, hopefully we will all be able to get together soon. And I miss, I miss your guys' faces in person. I, I know <laughs> I can't wait. Well, yeah. It, it will be a wonderful day when we can all meet up again. It will. It will. And I'll, I'll see, I'll see you soon, Sean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound like very exciting. <laughs> I adore you. You know that. I adore you. You know that. I adore all of you. Well, thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Allison. Allison.